Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, ladies and germs, boils and ghouls, talking terror fans nationwide and worldwide. It is once a time, uh, that time again, for Talking Terror. Welcoming you back this week, hoping your week is going well. It's that midweek hump, and we're glad to get you through it. Tonight, it is the Doc's Pick, and we are going to be taking our time discussing Ah Zombies, a.k.a. Wasting Away, from 2013. I don't have the note in front of me, so I forgot, but uh, 2013, we'll say that. Um, and it was uh, 2017, actually. I apologize. Uh, directed by Matthew Conan. See, this movie is so great, I'm forgetting details. But nonetheless, we'll be talking about the Doc's pick much later on in the show. First of all, I am your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode. Uh, we also have the bold, the beautiful, the bookworm himself, the ghoul geek Keith. Ah, zombies. That should be 2007, man. I, I completely forgot. I, I don't know. I, I think it's 2007. I didn't have the note in front of me, but now I do. So, yes, yeah, so it was 2007. Yeah, and I we can we can talk later. about this much, much, much later in the show. Glad that you think that. Hello, Doc. So, welcome, Ghoul. Thank you uh, so much for joining us once again. Of course. Of course, my friends. How are you all tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, obviously, the, the Doc is with us. But we're also joined by that one crazy monkey that we have on the show that's always throwing tapioca. Mad Monkey, welcome is back. Is he really? <laughs> hey there, Fright fans. This is one of your lovely horror hosts for the evening, the Mad Monkey, here to be joining my Monster Squad mate for another fun-filled, fright-filled episode of Talking Terror. What's up, fellows? <laughs> what up? What? what is up indeed? And as I said, we are also joined by the demonic doctor. He missed last week due to surgery that he had to do on himself because the demonic Love. doctor is fucked up that way. But he is here, nonetheless. Welcome back, Doc. Thank you. Good evening, uh, hosts of Talking Terror. <laughs> and Welcome the United Nations. <laughs> we're glad to have you back and to discuss your film pick later, much later on in the show. Uh, so, so excited. I know. We're really having fun now. It's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, I'm sure. Um, but before we, <laughs> before we get into what we normally talk about at the start of the show, which is horror news, I'm, I'm sure that the doc has some things, I have some things, but I want to do it a little differently this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. Uh, this week, a couple of weeks ago, the ghoul uh, had an interesting theory that he wanted to talk about uh, on air, which we never had time for last week. Uh, but we do – I want to reserve the time this week, especially because of the movie we're discussing. I think we have the time. Oh, well, uh, oh we're finally uh, doing it? Oh, oh okay. Sweet. Yes. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to the ghoul because he has an interesting theory he discussed on the group thread. He kept it a secret. He did tell it to me. I think it is pretty fucking cool. Uh, so, ghoul, why don't you tell us this uh, theory that you have about Back to the Future Part 2? 
All right. So, I mean, obviously everybody here has seen the Back to the Future trilogy, correct? Mm-hmm. No. No, nope. Oh, man. Okay, okay, so forget it. The conversation's over, man. Now, of course, I, I know you all have. Uh, I am a big fan of the series. I've never seen uh, Back to the Future Part 3, dude. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, really? You haven't? I'm serious. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we're here to get on that. Wow. Well, wow. Matter, whatever. It's that. Western. That, that's, that's the greatest one in the trilogy. How can you not Lord, see that? Oh, your ass. That, is cool. that was Michael J. Uh, Fox at his best. That you've even even seen it, Ghoul, because you hate westerns. I know, believe me, man. That that's a story all, all unto itself. Because you know, Back to the Future One and Back to the Future Two, I both saw in theaters, and I remember getting that to be continued at the end of Back to the Future yeah. Two, in which they then yep. proceeded to show a trailer for Back to the Future yes. Three. They did. Uh, now, me and, and the King were discussing this because I couldn't figure out why it is, besides the fact that it was a Western, and I have no interest in Westerns anyway, but how it is that I totally missed seeing Back to the Future 3 in theaters a mere year later. Um, right. And I figured it out. What it was is, is that I had just moved to Jersey that summer. And just, I guess, during that move, that transition – that movie just did not, like, register on my radar. I was too busy acclimating to a new state, new people, new friends, and dealing with all kinds of bullshit with people like Mancini and, and all other kinds of fruitful names that we, uh, that, that we know. I am Mancini. <laughs> Are you now? Anyway, though, so, again, a couple weeks ago I bought the trilogy, you know, on digital. Somehow it's just one of those that every time I've seen it, I just end up not getting it. But, you know what, this time I was like, fuck it. You know, I might as well add it to my gigantic library of films that I've amassed within my Xbox. Sure. So, you know, as I as I normally do, I'll go to sleep to a movie at night, threw one on, went to bed, you know, a couple nights later I threw part two on. And I started watching the beginning as, you know, I was I was falling into that twinkly twilight. And something what, dawned you're on the me. You watching the vampire movies? <laughs> That's the, the, listen, man. Those fucking Twilight films—they put me out every time, so I can't I'm even. Sorry, you're on a roll. I won't interrupt. I apologize so for interrupting. Anyway, you're on a roll. Well, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> all flaws aside, regarding the Back to the Future films, which there are plenty. You know, there are all kinds of things that are just in there. You can go to websites. And you know what? I'm sure what I'm about to propose has been out there at some point or another. I've just never seen it before, nor did I ever really think about it before. Back to the Future 2. We all know the plot, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Marty and Jennifer get taken to the future to stop their kid from doing something that fucks up the whole entire line of the family after afterwards, because, you know, that's what Doc saw in the, in the future timeline when he visited it. Right. Now, we also know the rules that have been established within the Back to the Future universe, particularly, let's say, part one, Marty goes back in time, certain things get altered, and when he comes back to the present, those changes have taken effect. Correct? Yes, yeah. Okay, so here's what I realized about Back to the Future 2, particularly the first half of it, which really affects the entire film. Back to the Future 2 is an impossibility based on the rules of the movie. It can't happen. Okay. Well, 
Why not? A dramatic pause. Elaborate. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, <laughs> so Doc goes to 1985 and takes Marty and Jennifer to 2015 to right. save their kid. But if right. Doc removes Marty and Jen from, two, from 1985, they never married. They never have a kid. When they get to 2015, they would just be missing people for 30 years. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, but, well, but, but on the flip side, though, it's like you're talking about, like, you got to remember time. It can also be a jumbly-wumbly-timey-wimey thing like Doctor Who. And no, that's not, this it, isn't the rules of Doctor Who, though. This is the rules of Back to the Future. As we'll right. see, yeah. Biff, Biff takes the book, he goes back in time, and when they go back to the present, you know, 1985, Biff's timeline is then created. So anything that's alterable in that movie universe, you cannot travel to your own future because the second you remove yourself from that present, you're now present in 2015 at that point. You've been missing for that accumulated amount of years. So there was no way that Doc could have ever taken them to save their kid. The second he brought them into the future, that entire future is completely changed. He would have, they would have went to a future in which they never had children, in which they, again, were missing people. The only movie that I can think of that actually gets this right, which, you know, here's, here's a blast from the past, Flight of the Fucking Navigator. Wow. Yeah, that is oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you remember, the time machine comes, the spaceship, or whatever the fuck it is, and what happens, it goes to the future, the kid's been missing for X amount of years. Right. right. So as all of this, this, as I'm sitting there looking at this in this movie, it's like it just fucking like totally blew my brain up completely as I sat there realizing, now I know it doesn't ruin the movie. I'm still going to always find it entertaining. No, but it does break the film for me because it really does take away from the rules that were established within it. And for me, that's not wouldn't that, But wouldn't that future already be established, though, with Jen nope. and uh, Marty getting married and having kids? Like, wouldn't that 2015 future already be established? So if they were going back to it, it would already be an established future, wouldn't it? But that's the thing. It's not an established future if they're removed from that present. So you're saying you know, that like in the I past, said, in 1985, they didn't get married, so it would be improbability for them in the future to be married. The second he removes them from 1985, just like when Biff takes the book back to 1955, it creates a right. divergent timeline in the which time they now, you know, their parents report them missing. Maybe they think they eloped. Who knows? You know what I mean? There could be any number of things that they think of that happen. But for whatever reason, that divergent timeline would be a timeline in which Marty and Jennifer did not exist for 30 years to, 19, uh, to 2015. But that's the same problem I have with part one, though, and I don't know if we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Ghoul, but, uh, you know, when, when Marty McFly's parents finally get together at the end of the, uh, the first film, you know, and get together and he says, oh, you know, name him Marty, and, and if he sets fire to the rug, forgive him, wouldn't they know when he's born and starts growing up and becomes a teenager that that looks exactly like fucking Calvin Klein from 1955? Like, wouldn't there be an You issue? would think so. You would think so. Was, you know, you you would think you would think me. that George McFly would be like, you know, Lorraine, Lorraine, have you been fucking Calvin? Because our kid looks just like Calvin. Yeah, it's like you know, is that erased? Like, is that from their memories? Like, they don't remember Calvin because they don't make any mention of him ever again. It's not like, oh yeah, that guy Calvin, he got no. them together. What a, what a guy. No, but if you, I mean, and again, these are things that are completely speculation, but. 
Right. If you think about the scene at the end of the first Back to the Future, after they come back to the present time and Biff is like the fucking lackey waxing their cars and George McFly's book has been published and uh, they got the truck for Marty. Uh, When Marty goes outside and like sees the truck and then Jennifer shows up and he looks back at the house and uh, George McFly and Lorraine are like in the doorway. If you go back and look at that, that scene and it could, they could just be like smiling at their son and whatnot, but there's like a, like a, a certain look and kind of, like a kind of recognition of something else in their faces as they shut the door to give Marty his privacy. So that's something to consider and think about too. And again, they could just be looking at their child being successful with the ladies, but they look at him kind of like smiling and kind of strangely though. Mm-hmm. Okay. But also that, that yeah, same scene though, that exact mm-hmm. same scene that the, the doc is talking about. All right. Biff is, you know, apologizing to um, Michael J. Fox and, you know, saying he's got the, the truck all polished and this and that and whatnot. Everyone seems to have known Michael J. Fox, and Michael J. Fox was part of that family right there. What happened to, you know, the Marty that was part of that family? Where, like the, where the original 1985 Marty? Yeah. Because apparently there was That's a Marty a that grew up and had memories with this family and with Jennifer and all that stuff. But now that right. Marty comes back to 1985, what happened to that other Marty that grew up with the family and has all those memories? What do you think about that, Greg? Again, like, like I said, there's a lot of flaws in there. I mean, if you want to take a film that did that and handle that in a different way, you look at the butterfly effect in which every time oh, he yeah. the time, his head, Strange he would have those issues because all of the fucking, the memories from that new timeline were, were busy, you know, reinstigating themselves into that brain. Right. But, yeah, but and, Marty didn't have guess, any of that. He didn't, yeah, he, you know, he didn't remember any of that. So it's like, what happened to the Marty that grew up with them? Listen, again, alternate future timeline. That is a great question and yet another flaw within the franchise because by whatever changes he made in that original movie would obviously create a divergent timeline in which Marty again returns, but who's to say that that Marty ever went back to the past to begin with? Right. Right. And there's also the, the thing I just remembered as we're talking about this, and I talked about this with the monkey a couple weeks ago, when I had said about Marty McFly looking like Calvin Klein in the future, when they have him as a baby, he becomes a teenager. In part three, they do reveal his ancestors, and his one great ancestor looks like Michael J. Fox with a mustache. It's the one Irish mm-hmm. uh, ancestor that he meets. So there you go. That's how they're explaining it. Like, oh, by the way, your ancestor looks exactly like Michael J. Fox. So it's like, all right. So they're trying to fill in that little plot hole device to kind of stop the question <laughs> of how does he look the exact same. Which they're like, oh, hey, you know that guy Calvin Klein, the one that you know my dad thought was in the Navy? You know, he <laughs> yeah. looks just like my great-grandfather. <laughs> yep. So we have a whole bunch of other questions. I mean, you know, and plus, like, what happened to Doc, too? I mean, that, he's also affected. I mean, he's a guy going back and forth through time all the time, to the future, to mm-hmm. 1883 in the past. So, like, what happens to him in 1985? You know, it's, that's oh. another question. He lives oh, again, and the Libyans I, that, don't get him. 
<laughs> well, yeah, you, you got to wonder which version of Doc do you ever get any given right. point. Now, we know in the first movie he survives because he read the note even though he wasn't supposed to. Now, the one that we see in the sequel, you know, obviously has come back, but, you know, he had had that whole skin job done. So you don't, it's almost, that almost is like Doctor Who where you don't know what age or what doctor you're particularly getting. For all we know, Doc has been manipulating events since 1955 after, you know, first coming into contact after the, the effect. So you, I mean, that's the thing you got to wonder too. I mean, now that George is a successful author, who's to say they would still even be living in the same house? Who's to know? You know, there's so many different Which factors weird, that yeah. are involved with yeah. those little minor changes that Marty does in that first film. Yeah, I never understood that. Either, why he's still living in the same Hill Valley house? Like you would think he's a successful author, he would live in like a fucking mansion or something like that. He wouldn't live in that same ranchackle house that they lived in the beginning of the movie. You know, he bought. But, you, you know, know what? Okay. When they came back to it, though, the house wasn't ramshackle. It had been totally renovated. No. It was looking pretty sweet, and then some sweet vehicles yeah. out there in the driveway too. It was a nice right. suburb, uh, yeah, but, you know. I mean, remember, they were building yeah. that place back in 1955, so. Right. And just because you're yeah. a successful author doesn't mean you're run, rolling in the fucking millions, you know what I mean? They had a beautiful home. They were in some fancy clothes. They had nice cars. But who's to say well, they would be, still be living in the exact same home? Right. You know what I mean? You would figure that's that success yeah. is going to model and change your thoughts. Unless, again, was Doc, like, sitting there, and he went through each and every single timeline? That, like, that's <laughs> timeline. what we need. We need a, a film series yeah. on, like, YouTube <laughs> or something in which we get Christopher Lloyd back, where he's, like, peeking in through the window, and he's checking, you know, Leah Thompson's ovulation and making sure that they're <laughs> fucking at just the right time so that they create Marty, you know, that they're taking him to the right daycare that every little thing is done exactly perfect so that everything works out exactly how he needs it to be. George, you got to fuck your wife on this night. Otherwise, the future is going to be fucked up. <laughs> It'll be a paradox, Marty. <laughs> George, you got to hit Wait, it tonight. Fuck. you got to get it tonight. Otherwise, Marty's oh, going to be bored. Oh, he's George, you hard. Call the paradox. <laughs> get back in there, George. Do it for Marty. <laughs> you gotta go round two. I'd watch that. Movie. Great, but... great, Scott. We need a double shot. <laughs> Here's some oh, tea. Go back in there, George. <laughs> go make love to that woman. Passion, passion, love, George. <laughs> a double shot of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. That also no, the, the whiskey comes up in the third kid. one. Yeah. <laughs> but that also leads to the question of them hiring Biff to like take care of the trucks and the house. Yeah, he almost raped your future wife, George, and you're going to fucking hire him to fucking work on your kids' cars and on the house? Yeah, I wouldn't trust that kid to run anybody. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. You tried to rape a, you know, Lorraine back in the day. So, anyway. Come on now, man. We know now that no means yes, especially back in 1955. Oh, not in this day and age. That would not fly in this day and age, back in the future's place. <laughs> you know, Biff would be behind bars. You know, without his gang, because apparently his gang just disappeared after 1955. <laughs> Doesn't have Billy Zane I mean, in the corner anymore. They weren't going to hang out with him, and you know what I mean. At that, well, I mean, they were still with him in the uh, the alternate timeline. So, what the the future 1985, where he has a casino? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the time yeah. that we're currently living in right now? <laughs> yeah, with the flying cars, which you were supposed to have in 2015. It kind of got hooked Damn it! I just, 
I just wanted a fucking hoverboard, man. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> Do you remember that documentary that came out when Part 2 came out about how the hoverboards are real? And how they made this no. fake documentary about hoverboards being real and they aired it on TV? <laughs> so many fucking rumors over the years that those things were developed, that they were real, that the <laughs> company wasn't releasing them because, you know, there were going to be too many lawsuits, that, you know, there were focus groups and kids got hurt and body parts were being fucking, you know, broken left and right. You know, uh, whatever, man. All I know is that like, when they finally announced that they were putting out this fucking product line, that they were calling them hoverboards, and they're just fucking, you know, motorized oh, yeah. skateboards that are fucking horizontal <laughs> and not vertical. It was like, yeah, that's not a hoverboard, okay? You're rolling. I'm not hovering. Yeah, and those You're things rolling. Fire. Yeah, but then those yeah, things started get... exploding on kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. and that's what they get for trying to call them hoverboards. That's karma, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's Doc. He, came, he went back in time and was like, you know, that's just not going to fly. It's fucking creating a problem in the space-time continuum. He, he went yeah, back that's... in time and rewired every hoverboard <laughs> so they would all explode. He took care of it. He was going to fuck with Doc Brown. <laughs> but it, I mean, shit, I would, I would take that pink fucking Barbie hoverboard, man. I, I don't give a fuck, you know, just... It's, Floating fucking skateboard, man. I can't even ride a regular have skateboard. Oh, God knows what I would do on that. I don't the want that one. I got a bulldog. <laughs> yeah, the bulldog. had the thrusters on the back, and you could hook up three of them to the back. They could fly around. I mean, that thing was badass. I would have taken that any day. <laughs> McFly, you bogo. Oh, bojo. <laughs> you need power. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I mean, I love Back to the Future too. I think that's my favorite of the series. I mean, you know, one's good. The Back to the Future two is outstanding. It, it is really, and, and plus, you know, you watch it now and you see the cafe eighties, and back then it's like, oh, ha, ha, nostalgia shit. But no, that's a real fucking thing nowadays. Like they have cafes dedicated to the eighties and to the nineties and shit like that. So that's the one thing for Back to the Future that actually came true. It's always morning in America. <laughs> Man, that was a good fucking show. That was, that was, that was, that was a versus the Ayatollah, dude. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I would love a fucking place like that. <laughs> you have to use your hands? That's a baby's game. <laughs> Dude, just to bring up another thing to do with fucking, you know, the 80s, somebody posted something today. And now, of course, you know, I obviously don't have one functional to test if this is actually a reality or not. And I haven't gone through the process of fucking checking it online yet. And I'm sure one of you guys will just like somebody will send me a link or something. Right. Did you know, according to this paper, that in the game Duck Hunt, right? You know, obviously the, two controllers? the second controller controlled the <laughs> yeah. duck. I uh, yeah, what? that blew my mind when I saw that. Nope. That's a two controller game. You know, the one person could be the gun and if you had a second player, the second controller could control the fucking duck. Now I you know, I played it <laughs> well, maybe in, but they could have put that in the instruction booklet for crying out loud. 
<laughs> That's why I'm wondering if it's fake. You know what I mean? Like, I would think that with all of, like, my playing time and playing with my cousins and playing with friends, you know, like, and Duck Hunt was one that we all, all liked to play. I mean, you know, it was one of those bragging-type games, you know. If you fucking got further yeah, in the yeah, game, yeah. it was like, ah, fuck you, I'm a better if shot, you had, motherfucker. If you had Duck Hunt and you had the gun and you also had that fucking gyro-fucking-scoping robot-fucking thing, then you were fucking <laughs> you money. did not have robots. But, like, if you, if you yeah. think about... If you think about playing Duck Hunt with your friends, you'd all be sitting the fuck around watching your friend play Duck Hunt, salivating at the chance to get your turn to play. Nobody ever thought of doing mm-hmm. anything with the second controller. That's true. Because it didn't, that's why I it didn't it's do true. anything. If it you did don't know something, that, though, though. None of us I knew. would think that, you know, we, we would have discovered this. <laughs> but we didn't. We but maybe not, because we game. weren't. We weren't advanced thinkers at that time. We were just right. like, oh, oh, my Jimmy gets to use the gun. When is it my turn? When is it my turn? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was always a one-player game. I never thought about that when I was a kid. It was a one-player game. Go to your friend's house and you have to wait an hour for, so you can play one round. I never thought to pick up the controller and be like, hey, I wonder if I'd plug the controller and if I could fucking do something. No way. Dude, it's, just, so, it's hysterical you bring up Robbie the, Robbie the Robot. Because you know what? <laughs> of all the people I knew that had Nintendo, I only knew one person who had that fucking robot and who had the game Gyromite. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I, didn't I knew. I knew. Just robot. Yeah, you I are, knew literally one, one dude. He lived on my grandmother's street in Brooklyn, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Duck Hunt has three different game modes to choose from. In game A and game B, the targets are flying ducks in a woodland area. In game C, the targets are clay pigeons that are fired away from the player's perspective into the distance. In game A, one duck will appear on the screen at a time, while in game game B, two ducks will appear at a time. Game A allows a second player to control the movement of the flying ducks by using a normal NES controller. Wow. We have been missing out our entire fucking lives on this. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would say missing out. I don't really. I mean, that's that's a crazy fact to learn, but, but I, I, I don't feel kid, like my that. life is lacking. That's what I'm saying. It does, kid, you know, it does alter like the events of being a kid and thinking, you know, like, hey, like you said, you're sitting there waiting for your fucking friend to finish so that you can play. If you had the notion that you can make it an interactive game, it kind of ups the ante there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it becomes like, who's the fucking hunter? Who's the prey? I mean, that, you know, I want to control the fucking dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was not one of the options. Laughing. Yeah, that would have been great, though. The dog could just jump up and grab the ducks. Because <laughs> you know? yeah, we, we all the controller. because no, we all would have been just... and never have told our friends, and we would have plugged in a controller and started fucking with their <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> yeah. I was just informed by the ghoul girl that she actually, indeed, has Robbie the fucking robot up in her attic what? at her house. Get it's it's down, down now. Send her <laughs> yeah, on her really. way. Give her the car keys. Do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go get Robbie yeah. the Robot, Ghoul Girl, please. Uh, I don't think we're braving so that attic anytime soon. Not for Robbie the Robot. Oh, I would. I would gladly go up there for Robbie the Robot. Holy shit, it's real, and I can hold it in my hand. Somebody actually has one. Oh, no. I played it once, and I mean, it really didn't do much other than move the little fucking spinner that it had and... You know, that was it. I guess it moved things up and down in Gyromite, which, you know, obviously obviously wasn't a very popular game considering they did change the bundle up shortly thereafter, giving us Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. 
Hey, I'm just telling you right now, just for your own uh, knowledge, to say, oh, uh, we're not going up there anytime soon. I'm looking at these Robbie I'm robots sure it's right worth now on eBay. And well, if if she has the whole thing like in box, these things are going from three to five hundred dollars. It's um, not in box, money. obviously. It's not. Uh, there's an original. There's a Nintendo NES original Rob the Robot Deluxe set. I guess it's an extra thing that's going right now for forty-eight hundred dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. That already has. Uh, let's see. Uh, is there bids? Is there bids? It's not a buy it now. Is there bids? Uh, there, there's no current bids, but there are thirty-seven people currently watching the auction. And then there's other ones that are going for several hundred dollars, and then there's ones that are just like, you know, uh, just the robot by itself, like tested and works, that are going for like fifty to a hundred. But um, wow. just saying. Mm-hmm. Oh no, but, but no, don't but know if it works, but it has been played with. So kind of like no, the monkey. Yeah, shit from the eighties. I want to get a working copy of the old ass board game Dark Tower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be really cool. (laughs) It it was found. I've never heard of it. No, it's a game that came out for one year. It was a and d style game. You had this big-ass black plastic tower in the middle of it, and you were supposed to work your way around the board, push these, you know, 80s buttons on it. It would light up and tell you what you were fighting and this kind of shit. But it was only around for a year, and then... TSR, which was the company that owned Dungeons and Dragons at the time, shut them down over a lawsuit because it ripped off Dungeons and Dragons so bad. <laughs> uh, they had that kind of pull back in the day. <laughs> but uh, to kind of segue from from the Back to the Future two theories and fans, feel free to discuss. Sorry, I have their to own. correct something. Robbie the robot is at the Ghoul Girl's mother's house, not the Ghoul Girl's okay. house, which is the same house that I reside in. <laughs> You're a mother, all right. So, okay. So, uh, Doc, you know, in terms of horror news, since we are a horror podcast, uh, what do you have in terms of news this week? What, what was a what disappointing game, man? Mousetrap. Mousetrap was a disappointing board game, man. Like the board yeah. game? Yeah, man. The commercials made it look fucking awesome, but that shit never yeah. even came close to looking or playing the way it did in the fucking commercial, man. That was a total fucking sham. <laughs> and if you think back, and maybe, maybe this will ring some fucking bells in your memories, uh, there was a show on HBO way back that was an informative educational show aimed at children that talked about uh, deception in advertising. And uh, how commercials were put together to entice kids. And I can't remember specifically if Mousetrap was involved, but do you remember that kid thing where there was like a, a bouncy ball that had like a, a plastic ring around it where you would put your feet and you were supposed to be able to like jump around on that shit and you would see the commercial and yeah. the kids were fucking doing everything and you got that a, shit and couldn't do anything? Uh, total disruption and advertising. Ball or whatever they the taught you was called. that show. Had it. Yeah, it's called Skip It. Yeah, the, that show no. they taught you how fast food restaurants like put the grill marks on their burgers for the commercials. It taught you all mm-hmm. this shit about deception and advertising. And I think Mousetrap was on that show, but it was uh, like a one episode deal. It wasn't like a series, but it was like an HBO special aimed at kids uh, probably huh. in the late 80s to early 90s. I, I mean, I just it. remember I remember getting that for like Christmas or my birthday or something and being so thrilled, you know, and again, obviously, you know, the, the advertising shows shows what it is now little things, of course, that I didn't think about as a kid when I got a game like that, you know, one, how much setup is actually involved in it Two, 
um, the oldest kid with my next sibling being basically an infant, which means I don't really have anybody to play with it because, you know, saying, hey, buddies, you want to come over and play Mousetrap? You know, it was like, yeah, no. Yeah, we had better things to do do at that age, you know, like roam around the fucking sewers thinking we were Ninja Turtles and fucking doing all kinds of stupid Look at shit. Um, you know, yeah, basically getting stuck in mud and losing sneakers and, and, and shit. But, uh, yeah, no, I just remember it never worked right. Shit never fucking went all the way through. The fucking guy didn't flip into the barrel. There was just so many little fucking things. Like, I think I ended up playing with that game more by myself self like for maybe a week or so before like it just all got piled up in the box and like just thrown in the closet like never to be seen again <laughs> yeah there was a ton of games like that back in the day I used to play like Ants in the Pants uh, then there was that one game where you can make uh, grapes out of clay and like stomp on them like you get bored after like two minutes you're like this fucking thing is boring like the fucking commercial made it seem like it was the fucking greatest thing ever and you actually greatest play kid and, like, ga- no, gr- greatest kid game ever was Mr. Bucket because you had a commercial Mr. about Mr. Bucket, Bucket telling people to put it. No, but the commercial was awesome because it was telling kids to put put their balls in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was training them for future experiences as an altar boy. <laughs> it's awesome that he was going around with like his little song was Mr. Bucket, put your balls in my mouth, Mr. Bucket, put your. <laughs> it's a whole yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, I remember those commercials. Personally, I was a fan of Don't Break the Ice. You know, that that one I, I had a lot of fun with as a kid. Yeah, me, for me it was Crossfire. Because the commercial made it seem like it was fucking Mad Max and shit. Like, oh my god, Crossfire. Mm-hmm. Going into the arena of battle and battling each other with fucking, you know, marbles and shit. I'm like, yeah, this movie rules. Then I got the game, like, man, this sucks. Like, the gun never worked right. You know, you'd lose. Thankfully, not one that I owned, but a friend of mine had, and that was one of those where it was like, you know, I remember being at his house the one time, and it was like, oh, let's play Crossfire, and he's like, no, it sucks. (laughs) And finally, you know, I was able to talk him into playing it, and we were both like, I was like, oh wow, this sucks, and he's like, I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) Truth in advertising, but uh, go ahead, Doc. What do you have for us this week for horror news? I have things to talk about. Uh, so we have talked multiple what do you have to times talk about. about this. I'm going to tell you if you would stop interrupting me. Okay, well then we fuck it. Get to it already. <laughs> I'm going to take my time. Jeez, would you quit interrupting the doc? Shut up, monkey. Fucking joy tapioca. Being rude. Uh, anyway, uh, we have talked at length about the, the shocking news that Andrew Lincoln is leaving The Walking Dead. Uh, yes, we have. Which is huge news in The Walking Dead. But apparently, Andrew Lincoln is not truly leaving The Walking Dead because I read today that he is coming back in season 10 to direct episodes. Well, that's a directing position, though. So his character is still weaving, but the. Yeah, no shit. Himself. Like, oh, I, I want to pursue other pursuits and spend time with my family and. You know, I'm the center of the show, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, really I'm going to go on to greater projects that no one's ever going to watch, <laughs> and I'm going to fade away into obscurity. But you're coming back to direct in season 10. <laughs> wow. Tell it like it is, Doc. We're mad at you. I, I do Like, <laughs> as I had said when this dropped, I am not happy Andrew Lincoln leaving The Walking Dead. I feel that obviously Rick's character is the center of the show regardless mm-hmm. of how much time they spend on his dealings. Like it all 
when all is said and done, it, it revolves around Rick. And this is going to be a major shift for a show that maybe has been struggling anyway. And while the creators of The Walking Dead are, are talking in the past couple weeks about how they're planning on another decade of The Walking Dead, uh, decade in real time, not decade in show years. Another uh, decade? Another decade. Oh, my God. They no, said, please, we have no. plans for another 10 years of The Walking Dead. Uh, oh, for no. a show that maybe, maybe has struggled, has maybe, I don't know if jump the shark is the, the right term, but it's just right. best days have passed. So, I don't know, maybe moving the center of the show out and trying to do something else is the breath of fresh air it needs. But I don't know that it's oh, that. No. It might just be the fucking writing and the directing <laughs> and, the, and the staging of the scenes. But anyway, it just it struck me as odd that all of this huge news about Andrew Lincoln leaving, but he will be directing some episodes in season 10. Yeah, I, Ghoul, I don't know what you feel about that, but another decade of The Walking Dead, I don't think it has a staying power for another fucking 10 years. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, I like just Walking because Dead, they're no saying way. it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they're most planning. of that is probably just people talking, people hoping, people wanting. Um, right. You know, obviously, if you ask somebody who's still gripped in, you know, the whole Walking Dead fever, would they want to see another fucking, you know, 10 years of The Walking Dead? Of course, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to see another 10 years of The Walking Dead. I'm stupid. Um, but, you Ugh. know, I think, I, I think personally that it's, you know, I, I can maybe see another two, three seasons tops. I would like to see the series actually have a definitive end, you know, and go out on a strong point rather than see it get to that point, which I, you know, I've already felt like it's been there, but where it's just a chore to watch it or it just fades completely to where it's like, oh, The Walking Dead is still on the air, which, you know, I know people who already yeah. kind of ask that at times. I do. I mean, look, <laughs> even though even though The Walking Dead's ratings have slipped, there's still like 14 fucking million people watching it. Yeah. You know, uh, they the creators can say, oh, we have enough material and enough ideas for another decade, but the fact of the matter remains... Uh, if those numbers slip enough, AMC is going to be like, okay, that's enough, and it might be out of the hands of the creators. As long as you know, millions upon millions of people are still watching the show, the show ain't going anywhere. Whether we can oh, sit no. here and bitch about the quality all we want, but as long as people, as long as they got those numbers, uh, The Walking Dead will be on TV. That's the way it's always going to be. I mean, even though they have had slips, you know, with the past couple seasons, you know, the viewership is still up in terms of numbers. You know, they haven't been as great as they have been. But, yeah, like the, you know, the no, they, they said, dipped, it's they dipped the big time after the after yes. the episode of Negan bashing in Glenn and, and Abraham's heads. Uh, mm-hmm. The numbers have the numbers dipped tremendously after that. Uh, the general consensus from people that stopped watching was that those that imagery and that like went a little bit too far for a lot of people. And their numbers really dipped, and they they have recovered. They recovered, but not to the numbers that they were before that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it it, it is what it is. You know, AMC, like the the doc had just said, it's going to be the ultimate trigger puller. You know, as far as it lasting. Um, you know, we could debate on it all we want. I mean, me personally, I think it jumped the shark a while ago. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's going to take a lot for it to recover, but it, it's going to keep going. As far as a decade, I, I hope not. You know, and like I said, I'm a fan of the show, but another decade, I don't see it lasting that long. But time will tell. Andrew Lincoln directing the episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the side of the dock with that one. But I want to leave. I want to go creatively and do something else. Uh, you know, but why are you coming back to direct? You know, why don't you go figure something else out? But, you know, obviously he has that attachment and he's going to direct. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, what else do you have, Doc? 
I mean, I don't have a problem with him directing. I mean, the reality is, listen, the guy's been working on the series for, you know, however many years in front of the camera. You know, if he's got some good directing ideas and, you know, has experience behind the camera, then, you know, yeah. more power to him for whatever it is that he can bring. Um, you know, I don't feel like that always translates well when, you know, an actor ends up getting, you know, behind the camera. Sometimes I find that mm-hmm. a lot of shows start going downhill at that point, but yeah. it'll remain to be seen. I mean, I don't think it's all that much of a big deal that he's deciding to, to get away from the acting portion of it only to get to, you know, to do something different. Well, and actually, if I could interject uh, real quick, Doc, because I wanted to bring something up. Since we're talking about TV and talking about people that said they were distancing themselves from a character, uh, Robert England is actually going to be reprising his role as Freddy Krueger on ABC's The Goldbergs for their Halloween episode in full makeup in Freddy gear uh, for the character of Freddy Krueger. I guess it's going to be in a dream sequence of some kind. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, he has said a long time ago, I don't want to play the character again. I don't want to be in the makeup. I'm done with that character, but yet he's going back, and he's going to be playing Freddy Krueger for one episode of the Goldberg. So exciting news, I guess, if you're a Freddy fan, but at the same time, it's like, all right, Robert, you said you weren't ever going to do it again, but now here you are, going back to the old uh, well of Freddy. So I wanted to get your guys' take on that as far as him going back to that character. I love that show. Oh, hey, go. that's really all i have to say with it man that show was a lot of fun Um, it is i mean i'm a huge fan but yeah so it's fun now that i have hulu i actually just went back recently and just like just a couple days ago i watched the very first episode of it which i had never seen um you know i I enjoy the show I think it's kind of cool that if, uh, you know, if they had reached out to Robert and, you know, had discussions with him, whatever episode it is that they're doing, and he thought it was a – he obviously thought it was a good enough idea that they were presenting to make it worthwhile for him, artistically speaking, to come out as the character. Now, I'm sure there's a paycheck, obviously, involved with it as well. But, I mean, you know, obviously Robert England is not I, – I don't want to say he's not hurting for money. I don't know what his financial situation is, but I know he does very well at every single con. He recently yep. had done, you know, in makeup, I think, what was it, two years ago he did a con, and that was like, you know, again, supposed to be the last yeah, time he was ever doing that. Um, so but yeah, I, man, I don't for, think it's a matter for, of him needing money to do it. I think it's probably like a creative no, choice. It's, it's not a matter of – it's not necessarily a matter of needing money, but when – you know, he has an agent that presents offers. You know, I'm sure he gets offers for all kinds of shit all the time. And he has right. an agent that sifts through the bullshit and presents the ones that might make some sense. And you know what? Uh, TV sitcoms, like the traditional 30-minute TV sitcom is like a not a dead art form, but it's not the art form that it once was. And when a network has a successful sitcom, the 30-minute, you know, 22 minutes with eight minutes of commercials – standard fair sitcom that's successful, they roll with it. And one that's successful, and that's, I think it's ABC, right? It's ABC? Yeah, which is Disney. Yeah, so, you know, it's not a matter of needing the number, meaning the money, but, like, I'm sure it was a very generous offer to come and sit in a cushy environment and be treated like royalty and slap on the makeup for a few fucking hours of filming. And I bet you that he probably fucking pulled in six figures for that. 
So, oh, uh, you know, not necessarily needing the money, but there are some offers sometimes that just, you know, maybe just don't even make sense to say no to because it just makes too much sense to do it. Uh, and again, I don't watch the Goldbergs. I have, I, I, I don't going on in the career of Robert England. I know he's very successful on the convention circuit and appears in stuff here and there. Uh, not as Freddy Krueger, but you know, Rest I feel like this maybe a situation where the agents is like Robert. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just go put the fucking makeup on and spend an afternoon down there, man. Uh, you know, uh, and maybe I'm totally wrong about that. But when I saw that news and it's awesome, you know what I mean? Like I, I have never watched one minute of the Goldbergs. And when this episode comes on, you know, I will certainly try to watch it online or something. Cause I think it's really cool. Uh, but you know, like sometimes you just got to say yes when the offer's right. Regardless and I did post the, uh, yeah, I did post a video on our Facebook page. If you want to check it out, he did a promo with the, uh, the actress that plays Beverly Goldberg, the mother of the family. And he's in full Freddy gear, you know, tapping the glove on the shoulder and doing the old thing. So it was kind of nostalgic, kind of fun to see it. But what do you think, Monkey? How do you weigh in on this of uh, Robert England returning to the glove and the makeup? No glove, no love. <laughs> yeah, if the glove don't fit. If the glove, if the glove oh, don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> must have quit. <laughs> no, but, you know, this is an 80s-based show. It's got a big-ass fan base behind it. And if you're going to tr- try and tap in the 80s, I think this is a really nice thing to p- pull back for the people that are, you know, the uh, adults that are watching the show, trying to explain, you know, watching it with their kids, going, oh, yeah, it was like that when growing up. Yeah, it was like that. And then to be able to have that moment of bringing it back of, you know, all of us who grew up in the 80s and the 90s and going from Freddy being, you know, a character of pure horror to the parody that he was, you know, <laughs> action figures and shit like that, you know, and to be able to share that with the kids sitting, I think it'll be really interesting. Be like, that's the real Freddy, not that shit that you were watching that that new <laughs> nightmare movie. No, this is oh, the real Freddy. version? Yeah. 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 That, that's on our Freddy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right. So, with that aside, you know, go ahead, Doc. What else do you have for us? I have spoken recently, and because we're getting to that season now, I had spoken uh, several weeks ago about a feature going on at uh, one of the theme parks in Orlando, Orlando, the Universal Studios, I believe. Uh, They do Mm -hmm. the Halloween Horror Nights, and that they were going to be doing a uh, kind of recreation, live-action, interactive maze based on Halloween 4, and yeah. uh, they were going to create Haddonfield and you were going to be able to walk around in it and all of this. Well, uh, apparently uh, it's not just Halloween four. Uh, they also have done this and, and only for this, for, for this, they do Halloween Horror Nights every year, but this year it wasn't just Halloween four. Uh, they also had one that was based on Michael Darty's trick or treat. Uh, one, an ama- a maze, a maze that was created based on uh, Stranger Things and but the one that I read about today that apparently is like blowing people's minds in its amazingness is that there is some kind of interactive walkthrough uh, live action uh, creation that's based on the original Poltergeist. And uh, the word that I was reading about it today was that it's like the coolest fucking thing in horror that's coming along in a long fucking time. 
And uh, I thought that the, the Haddonfield Halloween 4 thing sounded cool, but this sounds super fucking cool. So I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this at all. But, um, I didn't. No. You know, I was reading about this earlier today, and it just, it just sound, it sounds sweet, man. I would love to do that, especially because Halloween, uh, Halloween Haunted Nights, you know, the Halloween Nights at Orlando and California, they go all out with their mazes. So to be able to do a, a poltergeist one, oh, I'd be all in for that. Like, I would love to do an interactive walkthrough of poltergeist, you know, and see what they mm-hmm. come up with. You know, that would be fun. They moved the tombstones, but they didn't move the bodies. <laughs> Just to see if they get someone to stand in for Zelda Rubenstein. This house is clear. You know, I would love to see if they just get a little person to play Zelda Rubenstein at the end, you know, with the glasses in there. I mean, that would be great. But, yeah, you know, the Halloween 4 one's really cool. I saw the Stranger Things walkthrough on YouTube. That looked really fucking cool. Like, they, they've really stepped up their game as far as these interactive walkthroughs. Yeah, I they really do that shit right, man. They really do. They put a lot of love and attention. Though. So are you going to go check this out, Doc, or no? I'm in California, man. I'm not going to Florida for some fucking amusement park. Sorry. I would love they to. Don't have, uh, they don't have any of the said, LA one? No, I'm pretty no, – I'm tell, I, I, I have not read anything about that. Maybe they do, but everything I'm reporting on uh, is based in Orlando. Okay. Maybe they have it in Anaheim, but even still, yeah. uh, you know, I could go to Anaheim. It's like six hours from where I am. Uh, it's not <laughs> well, unrealistic. Um, yeah. Uh, let me, I'm going to do uh, a quick some recon, and, uh, and we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, I love those those walkers. They're, they're a lot of fun. I mean, I, I watch them on YouTube because I can't actually go, but the Halloween ones are fun. You get to go through the Myers house. They had one for Halloween too, where you can go through the hospital. Like it was just they go all out. You know, it's one of those things that one of these years it's on my bucket list. I mean, I, I'm not going to Disney because I refuse, but I'll go to Universal. You know, I'd love to go there. You just want to go be a muggle for a day. No, fuck Disney. Sorry. I know that they own pretty much everything now, but no, I refuse to go to the Disney park. I'm not a fan of that. Apparently they have this uh, in in Hollywood also. Um, well, there you go. Let me, if I can find out when this is running until, um, I might try and, and swing this because it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to get to Hollywood. Uh, it's like a five to six hour drive. Um, I would totally do it. Um, do it. I, need to, uh, I need to do more research. I would. I, I don't give a fuck at all. I'd reach right out and be like, yeah. hey, uh, how about a fucking press experience? That's goddamn right. Tell them you're part of the press. You know, we're <laughs> an established podcast. You can get a press pass. See if you can go through it. Yeah, you you can go to Kinko's and make yourself up a tag. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he can, you know, even go there and say he's part of a podcast. We have to establish we have episodes. You know, all you gotta do is show your credentials. That would be cool though to do a video walkthrough of, of all those mazes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit Definitely different would. a little bit different in Hollywood. A little bit different in Hollywood. Uh so so in Orlando uh, they have the Stranger Things and Trick or Treat and Halloween Four and Poltergeist, but here in Hollywood, it looks like uh, they have something based on the first Purge. Uh, they have something based on it's called the Horrors of Blumhouse Chapter Two, 
uh, a Universal Monsters thing and an, an AMC's Walking Dead attraction. I didn't see those things listed when I was reading earlier today about Orlando, so uh, there might be some extra features here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look into this and uh, stay tuned for more information. Uh, if there is a possibility that I can go to this, I'm gonna try and make that happen. All right, excellent. All cool. Right. All right. So moving on, what else do you have for us, Doc? Uh. So we all know, because we've talked about it many times, the, the upcoming uh, Halloween sequel. And uh, we have talked about the trailers. There were two more. And uh, the King and I had a little exchange about it earlier today. I was not aware of the one he was talking about. But there was another trailer that had come out uh, that started out in kind of like, it was like you were watching an advertisement for a documentary in a way, which I thought yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, the King disagreed a little bit, but he shared... A different trailer, uh, you know, that was like a short, more like in a teaser length, uh, that uh, shed, you know, another side of things. So, uh, based on the trailers and the buzz coming out of the Toronto Film Festival and everything, uh, as I've said, I'm stoked, but uh, I guess the, the money experts and the finance people and the studio people and all the people that figure out the money shit for movies, uh, they are anticipating... Uh, an opening weekend in the 50 to $60 million range with the, maybe, maybe even a little bit more than that. Um, which, you know, for a movie like this, I feel like is a pretty, a pretty large projection. I feel like it's a pretty large number right now for an opening weekend uh, in horror. I would hope that over the next couple of weeks, because we're only like two, when, when does this come out? October 7th? What's the release date? October 19th. October 19th. So we have like around three and a half weeks or so until this movie comes out. Uh, I would really like to, I, I'm hoping they step up the mainstream advertisement. I saw photos that someone posted of some cool billboards that are up on highways. Um, I saw that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that this can catch a little bit the same way everyone was kind of excited about the it movie last year. And I know this is a different thing and everything, but uh, I think it would be pretty cool. So I feel like a 50 to $60 million opening weekend would be, would be pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's really cool to see the advertising for this upcoming Halloween movie. Uh, like the doc had said, yeah, they had a crime documentary style uh, teaser that I did like. I didn't hate it. You know, it just it wasn't really everything I had hoped for. Um, I had posted another you didn't one. Hate it, King. Yeah. I didn't hate it. You know, it, it was good, but it was just kind of rehashing stuff. And I was kind of hoping to see a little different footage. Maybe they would just sneak a little bit different in there, but they just kind of had the 1978 footage in there. Um, the one that I posted was the cheerleaders doing the Haddonfield chant, which I kind of liked because it's really kind of showing you the town, which I love Haddonfield as a town. I think it needs to be explored. Um, but it kind of made me think about it because when Halloween H2O came out back in 1998, they had specials, they had ads, but I don't feel like it was as big as they're making this one. Like there wasn't billboards, there wasn't the constant ads, but then again, it was 98. You know, social media really wasn't a thing back then. You know, there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, there was no uh, Facebook, so they can only do so much. You know, I remember the MTV specials that they had for H2O, I remember the trailers that were shown on TV. So I think that this movie would definitely benefit from having social media, unlike H2O. I mean, it's not a great movie by any means, but I feel like this one really has legs because of social media and what we could do nowadays. Now, have they picked up the ads on this? Because I've only seen a couple out there so far. Uh, are you guys actually seeing a decent amount of ads for this movie out on TV right now? Oh, yeah. I don't I mean, watch I TV. I've seen nothing. 
I just saw one early on TV. We saw one during SmackDown on Tuesday, Monkey. They had yeah. the, the Halloween trailer. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely advertising it. They're definitely putting it out there. The billboards I haven't seen because, I mean, I don't live in a place with a lot of billboards. But uh, the ones I've seen on Instagram, you know, and on Twitter are great. You know, I think it's cool to have these billboards, you know, advertising the movie, you know, and, and getting the message out there. I think it's, it's going to be, you know, what did you say, Doc, 50 to 60 million opening weekend? 50 to 60. I think that's a, a fair number, and I think it's going to be a little larger, you know, honestly. Uh, maybe a little bit more than 50 and 60. It depends on the budget, too, because I feel like this is not a big-budget movie by any means. So I think, you know, they're going to definitely triple their budget, you know, on opening weekend, but no contest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, dear, do, yeah, do you have anything else? Oh, so, sorry. Yes. What, what's that, Gould? No, I mean, I think obviously it's a, it's a large projection, but I don't think they're going to have a problem hitting it with, one, they're releasing so close to Halloween, so the fervor's going to mm-hmm. be up. Horror fans are going to be excited for it. They're going to get asses in the seats. You know, we've had some, some good success with horror films over the last couple of years. Um, you know, all the talk about this has been so positive, and yes, it's being, you know, put right into our faces, um, yeah. so, I mean, like, like I've said from the start, I'm wishing them luck. I hope what they create is an awesome story and that it's a fun ride, that it's better than H2O and, and better than, you know, any of the other sequels, but you know, the, the finished product is what's ultimately going to tell it. And as much as they want to predict that kind of opening, I think the more important number is going to be the following week's drop off. You know, as yeah. we've seen with films yeah. like Get Out, you know, which I think made around $30 million its opening weekend, it was the fact mm-hmm. that that film just kept making more and more money with little drop-off week after week after week. You know, if Halloween makes $50 million in its opening weekend, yes, according to its, you know, supposed $10 million budget, which, you know, I don't know how true that could be money-wise. I think they may be trying to push this as, you know, this is a little indie film. This is a small budget right. film. We're really not spending a lot of money on it. I just, I, I can't see that. I think this is just something that they're trying to push as being a low-budget film, just so that, again, you can get that idea, like, oh, this is the next Get Out. This is the next this. This is the next that. Um, yeah. But... We'll see. You know, if the drop-off's bad and it's dead by the time it's Halloween, we're going to see it for digital release the first week of fucking December, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we'll see it in December either way. Because that's usually how it goes. You know, three months. So, in theaters, you know, between the theatrical and, and Blu-ray and digital. So, probably December, probably around Christmas time. I think you might see that being released on Blu-ray and digital. But that's just because that's how they do it. But um, that'd be a great Christmas gift <clears> for the horror fan. Yeah. Successful movies take longer to get released. You know what I mean? If the film is viable in theaters, you know, if it's still making money, say let's, you know, let's say Thanksgiving weekend, you know, then (laughs) it's going to still, it's not going to be released digitally until let's say maybe, you know, honestly, their projection, what what they'd like to see would be a February release for for digital Valentine's Day type of deal, you know? Yeah. What? When you call my name? When you walk on by? Don't you? 
<laughs> as you're walking by. As you call my name. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> put their fists up in the air. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, uh, Ghoul, uh, Doc, rather, what do you have uh, as we close out this segment? What, do you, what makes you think we're closing Dave. out this segment? Well, we're hitting the 10 o'clock hour, so, you know, want to, you know, have one more. Now we're hitting the 7 o'clock hour. Well, in California we are, but in the East Coast we're hitting the 10 o'clock hour. All right. So, anyway, uh, does any of you, and again, I am not a big watcher of TV, uh, do any of you know what new TV is? Is Does anyone know a network, a channel called new TV? Uh, No. No idea. Sorry, man. All right, well, I don't care if you know it or not, but what I do know is that somewhere out there in TV land, there is a channel that is called New TV. And in partnership with Sam Raimi, who we all know and love, uh, Sam Raimi is producing a new horror series that is called 50 States of Fear uh, that is going to air on the New TV channel. Uh, the Supposed only like thing that is shown thus far is that <laughs> Sam Raimi is producing, and there are a couple of other names attached in executive roles. Nothing yet is known about plot, storyline, if it's a series, if it's an anthology, uh, nothing else except that Sam Raimi is producing, and the title of the series is 50 States of Fear. Wow. Okay, well, I mean, Sam Raimi's behind it. I'm sure Ghost House Pictures, his uh, company's going to be behind it, too, to uh, produce the series. And it's New TV. Well, I have not heard of that. I'll have to do some research on Google. But New TV, I've never heard of that. Is that like an Internet thing, or is that going to be on actual cable? I have no idea, man. That's why I asked if you guys know what New TV is, because I don't really watch no. TV. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know what New TV is. I, I haven't heard of that, but, you know, it, it could be good, you know, um, I mean, at least I'm hoping, you know, Sam Raimi is a name, you know, in horror and did the three Spider-Man movies, so hopefully that'll lead to, to people. I mean, I don't know what new TV is, I'll have to research that, but, I mean, I'll watch it if I can have access to it. I think it could be good. I know that some of you are fans, I don't even know there was like a like a rebirth or something, but... Uh, new episodes, a new whole batch of episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 is set to debut on Netflix on Thanksgiving. Really? Okay. Okay. Yes. Very cool. That could be good. I watched a couple episodes of the newest series. Um, I didn't follow it through to its fruition, though. Uh, my latest yeah, thing, me, actually, yeah. with those guys was watching uh, No Retreat, No Surrender on Riff Tracks on fucking yes. Amazon Prime, which I, mm-hmm. which I love. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's an awesome movie, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I watched the, the MST3K revival on Netflix, too, and I made it through a couple episodes. I didn't like it. You know, it's just it wasn't my thing. You know, it was cool that it was back, but I just I, I liked the original episodes, you know, from Sci-Fi and from Comedy Central. So I go back to that on YouTube all the time, watching those old episodes, because it is so good, but the revival just didn't hit. So, but the good thing about it, though, is that it was L.A. Karate. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen that on Rift Tracks yet, so I'll have to check it out. But, yeah, so, you know, obviously it's getting another season on Netflix. So it's you. Done. The sun. 
But yeah, so that's something we'll get a new season of MST3K because we all needed it so badly. All right, so that, yeah. that'll be good. All right. Yeah, I agree with you, King. I just wasn't feeling it with the original, I mean, with the new cast, you know, when they brought in the new people. It just, you know, it, it just, just didn't feel like it clicked, man, you know, because we tried to watch it on Thanksgiving. I remember when I was burning yeah. the house down. <laughs> I will yeah, try not turkey. to burn the house down. I will try not to burn down the house this year for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Opening up all the windows because of all that smoke. Not a single one went off either. <laughs> Good to see that your smoke yeah. is still working. You know what's weird with me in MST3K, man? Like, I've, I've loved that series. I've always loved that show. I've right. seen, you know, uh, a large portion of their episodic content. But, you know, I never, even in its original airing, there was never a point in which I was like, oh, hey, I've got to go and be sure to watch the latest episode of MST3K. I've always found that that show works best when you happen to come upon it. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, you're flipping through TV, you don't know what to watch. Oh, shit, MST3K is on. I mean, that's how I first found it, you know, in the first place. And I just always found like Being that was the, the best thing, you know, especially when you were really <laughs> stoned, you know, and, and everything <laughs> turned into fucking hysterical. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and you're watching, you know, Santa Claus for a Satan, you know, type, type of episode. So, yeah, I think that was, that's, I that's think, the problem I oh, think with yeah, the Netflix I, thing. Santa Claus vs. the Martians. Yeah. I ha- yeah, I have that one on DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I watched the sci-fi version with Mike Nelson and the bots, and uh, it was 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 11 a.m. on sci-fi. So watch it every Saturday morning when it was on. The nine uh, season nine through uh, ten that they did or eleven rather, uh, and it was great. Like I used to stay up and, and watch it at night. I used to watch the repeats when they had it on. You know, space mutiny and a touch of Satan and the giant spider invasion. Like they were fucking hilarious episodes. Like even now I can rewatch those episodes and still crack up over them. It was it was great to see them riffing on these fucking horrible movies. And speaking of horrible movies, we have one to talk about tonight as we close out the show. <laughs> oh, the king's Segway. working on his segways. I am. Yeah. I'm nailing it, baby. Segway king. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but we have Ah Zombies, Wasting Away from 2007, directed by Matthew Conan. This is the Demonic Doctor's pick, so take it away, Doc. Oh, joy. Um, <laughs> uh, so we have Ah Zombies. We're Wasting Away from 2007. Written and directed, uh, well, directed by Matthew Conan, written uh, by Matthew Conan and Sean Conan. Um, what up, bro? Uh, so, the barbarians? The, the mili- yes, <laughs> yeah. the military is uh, trying to, you know, create some kind of fucking serum or something, uh, but they turn their test soldier into a zombie, and uh, they're going to fucking... They're gonna. Can I taste your juice? Uh, they're gonna um, taste your juice. They're gonna. They're gonna dispose of the serum, but uh, you know the serum falls out and leaks into a bowling arcade, and it contaminates the ice cream, and uh, a group of friends eat it. And then, as you do, uh, then uh, everything gets Fuck weird and. Uh, <laughs> um, people are talking fast and they can't understand everything and 
uh, they feel that something is going wrong, and it turns out they believe that they are uh, super soldiers, and everyone around them has been infected uh, by some kind of virus. But it turns out that everyone around them is normal, and they have turned into zombies, and they're unaware of this. So uh, the, the play on the zombie trope here is that uh, we, this is movie is taking place from the zombie perspective, uh, where the zombies believe that they are fine and everyone else around them is infected. Uh, you know, when I was looking for a choice uh, for the week, I had some things on my list, and then this came onto my radar, and it, uh, things I had read about it said that it was, like, kind of fun and, like, a different take on the whole zombie thing, and, you know, it had some good stuff and some good gore, and I have to just... Uh, <clears throat> I don't apologize for any of my picks. But As ever. you should. Nope. But, Nope. Um, but I'm I'm sorry, guys, that you guys had a watch. <laughs> this movie was a fucking piece This movie fucking sucked balls. It was bad. It was bad. But we'll we'll get to it. Uh, so, Ghoul, uh, briefly, uh, what did you think about Oz Zombie? All right. So, <laughs> I honestly feel like this was a very deep film. And one that would be easily overlooked for its genius, personally. Um, I think it was just smartly written, very well acted. Uh, It was an original story that, you know, I've never seen anything like this before. And, and yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm going to go with with that. Not serious in any way, shape, or form. This movie was, you know, was tedious. Did you start drinking again? I, uh, you know, I, I start. At, at, uh, I wish. Believe me, there were points in which I was sitting there thinking to myself that you know what, uh, you know, maybe maybe not drinking, but you know, maybe, maybe fucking taking a couple of hits off of like a gravity bong would uh, would, would, would increase my pleasure of said film. But uh, but alas, no, that that didn't happen. I, I, honestly, I'll be completely honest. I swear to God, in the middle of this movie, I think I started masturbating because it was just like you know what, I have nothing better to do. <laughs> or were you masturbating to the movie? No, no, not in the. Actually, I did find a. Uh, I found that that one actress, um, not the blonde, but the dark-haired chick. She kind of looked like Kimberly Kane, who's a uh, who's a porn actress. So I just found a little bit, fucking yes, movies with Kimberly Kimberly Kane in them, and that's that's what I did my business to. There you go. <laughs> oh, monkey! What did you think about the groundbreaking film Ah Zombies? I. I I just want to first start off by, you know, telling the doc that I did not know that he was such a trauma fan and wants to keep exposing us to movies that make trauma movies look really, really good. And yeah, do not besmirch <laughs> trauma. That's what. Please, do not. I will get Lloyd on here and the fucking bitch you out. Seriously, man, no, I'm watching it's, this it's, movie halfway. So you're going to get Lloyd out here to eat him out? Not even halfway. <laughs> yeah. Like 20 minutes into this shit, I was like, Shit, man! Is it too late to like go back and be like, "Hey, guys, I got something <laughs> yeah. else. I don't want to do this. Sorry, I don't want to talk about this." <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I, I did enjoy the new aspect of the whole zombie perspective and stuff like that because it, it it struck me as like maybe one of Ghoul's moments where he was um, having verbal enlightenment and was having a moment of, well, what if the zombies? didn't realize they were zombies and they thought they were just regular people the entire time. Like, I, I thought it was an interesting spin. 
but that was it. The, the rest of the movie, yeah, again, was tiring. It was hard to get through. It was, oh, man. <laughs> Honestly, Monkey, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Had they won, had writers that actually know what comedy is um, and, and could have given us some actual belly laughs. Yeah, I laughed one time in the film. Um, but had they really thought about it, this movie should have simply been shown from their perspective the entire film without the reveal of them being zombies until the mm-hmm. end of it. Um, yeah. I think it would have been a much smarter choice to go with and would have made for a more interesting film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So what did you think? Um, well, you know, you know I put on it. this movie you know, on a Monday – and I'm like, all right, I know it's probably going to be painful. It's going to be MSC3K deep, you know, hurt pain. Um, but let me get through this. It might be good. I mean, you know, but no, it, it was just, it wasn't good at all. Um, I was waiting for something good to happen. I was like, you know what? The only thing that's good about this movie is that we hit the Richard Real trifecta on the show because we talked about Hatchet, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. We talked about this movie tonight. So Richard Real plays the colonel in the movie. I'm like, oh, man trifecta for this guy. <laughs> he just shows up in these movies and he's from Office Space, which we talked about last week, Bruce Down the Congress. So we Jump that to conclusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like what the, the monkey had said about, you know, oh, it's, it's kind of interesting how they're showing things sped up and how they don't realize that they're zombies and it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's interesting, but it's just one long joke that doesn't work. At all. You know, I did like the black and white sequences, you know, just to see the color. So in an aesthetic, you know, frame of mind, I like that. Uh, when they show black and white sequences and the serum is green and everything else is black and white. From, you know, uh, a filmmaking standpoint, I liked it. But it was just the fact that the characters just were so one-dimensional. And they were just trying to make joke after joke that just never hit. Like, for some reason, the writers thought it was fun to make, like, ethnic jokes that never landed. And I was waiting for one to hit. I'm like, nope, that's another dumb one. Like, that's just stupid. Like, you know. But the whole thing was confusing. Like, when the barrel lands, I didn't know how it got into the ice cream that the one character, Mike, was apparently making into ale cream, which is beer mixed with ice cream. And the ghoul last night was like, no, no, it, the thing leaked out. I'm like, I did not notice that. <laughs> That was how bad this movie was. I was five yeah. minutes in, and I had no idea that the thing leaked into the fucking ice cream. Yeah, it leaked out, but it leaked into the bottom box. How the fuck did it get into the top box, Where, which is the shit that they took, and it was immediately green? That's what I was trying <laughs> yeah. to figure out. Look, how did and they then get into the thing? That's how potent what? it is. That's uh, how potent uh, it is, you know? Go, go around eating a bunch of ice cream cones. It looked like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pies. Yeah, no, it was, but it was the fact that the one guy poured the uh, the milk carton into the milkshake machine, and the carton was green. I was like, so how did it seep into this fucking thing? I was like, it is one of the most confusing things, and it's not the only confusing thing that happens in this movie, because I was irritated by how confusing this movie was at times. And that was my biggest gripe, is because they just, it seemed to me like the writers didn't know what they were doing at a certain point in this movie. Like, they didn't know what to do with the plot anymore. They wanted to make a horror comedy. They wanted to make a zombie funny movie, but then they just kind of lost where they were going with it. And they're like, ah, whatever just sticks. We're just going to go with it. This is what happens when somebody has a great idea for a short, 
and decides to make exactly. a full-length feature. Yes. Yeah, this movie I'll could have worked as a short. Thing. As a 20-minute short, probably could have been good. But as the ghoul knows, we watched that one short at the uh, the Horror Happens Radio uh, thing back a couple years ago. And I think it was like called like Zombie Buffet or something like that. And it was fucking miserable. And I walked out. <laughs> I was so mad that I walked out. I'm like, I, I got to go smoke a cigarette. I was like, I am so pissed at this thing. Why does anybody like this? It's not funny. It's stupid. I needed to get away. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was what? That was the one that was kind of like, uh, yeah, look who's coming to dinner. Meet zombies, yeah. I think, was how they described it. That still, for me, wasn't the most horrible one. The sad thing about the most horrible one that I've seen in those situations, I own. And I only own it because, you know, the girl that was in it was so damn fucking hot that when I was talking mm-hmm. to her and she, like, offered to sell the DVD, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, was, I remember that, that I was stopped. Not yeah. arguing, you know. I mean, you got to find it. You know, with with, with her her bazooms, yep. you know, showing in full effect. Yep. You know what? I'll buy just about anything you're selling at that point. I remember you telling me I'm never gonna fucking watch this, but I had to get it because she's hot. I'm like, I don't blame you. I've done the same thing. But yeah, it's just the characters of Mike and Tim and Cindy and Vanessa. They like I honestly had to remember their names. Like I kept writing it down. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that guy. I was like, at least with Mike, he was just like the monkey had said a couple of nights ago, how it was like a stiffler ripoff. Like, that's how it felt. He had to keep making fucking jokes the entire time. I'm like, all right, we get it. You're the funny guy. But your jokes suck. Like, they're really not good. Well, he's like, also an don't... actor that I've seen before. Um, I, oh, you know, okay. I normally go and look and try to see where I, I know them from. I, I never bothered looking. But I know him from something, and I don't know what it is. I'll check in a couple mm. minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, Mike. He was the one that makes the, the, the ale cream, you know, the beer mixed with ice cream, which yes. is what starts the whole thing. You know, just, you know, he had to be like the slacker who's like, oh, I don't have a job and I don't do anything. And I, whatever, man. Like, I'm just here to get fucking drunk and fucking hang out at the bowling alley. Like, it's, it was just, it was so grating to have this character to follow. Um, but, you know, you did because he's the one that kind of sets everything off, where they eat the ice cream, you know, they get the brain headache because of the ice cream, then all of a sudden they're zombies. Uh, oh, yeah. you know who that <laughs> fucking guy was? I'll tell you who that guy was. Um, he was the dude in the movie where Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon uh, goes to law school. She was the, he was the guy. Uh, that yes, he was the guy that uh, sh- that was her boyfriend uh, that went to the law school that she went chasing to the law school to find. Oh, so his yep. career had a good arc. She was also, <laughs> you know what though? He was also in a uh, in that girl surfer flick called uh, Blue Crush. Blue He's also a. a rec- he was also a recurring character in the uh, Vampire Diaries series, which I didn't watch that, but I watched its uh, its spinoff called The Originals. So that's where I know him from. That's actually where I know him most recently from. So okay. that's why his face looks familiar. That's fine. I mean, uh, but in this movie, it was just thank like a non-plus. Thank, uh, thank you for your uh, you know for your approval there. He was also in Urban Legends Final Cut. That's a good movie, though. I mean, I, I appreciate that one. I, I have to rewatch that one to see where he is, but. Um, 
in this movie anyway, it's just it, it's just a nonplus character. Um, they they have that really stupid joke where he's eating the brains of the one guy that dies uh, over at Chinks because apparently, hey, let's just make fun of Chinese people and call this place Chinks. Ah, the guy's a Chinese guy. Talk about uh, it was like, owned right. by a fucking Chinese guy. It made sense. But it was, it just, was so it was funny. Stupid. Like, I was like, yes, I was, my sides were hurting because I was laughing so hard at that, that humor of that. Um, you know, he was eating brains and, and making margaritas, and he's like, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm drinking brains. Like, it just it tastes good. As somebody that doesn't get easily racially offended, um, you know, I'm of mixed heritage, but, you know, I have – white privilege. I look like a white person. Um, You know, so I I normally appreciate racial humor. I really do. Um, But yeah, the racial humor that they tried to put throughout this film was just, it just was flat. Like they couldn't come up with something more creative, like to just like throw out that it was called chink. Like they couldn't come up with like yellow menace or something like that, you know, or like slant eyed Jim, something that would have actually like just been so like, kind of like you didn't expect it. And it wasn't just such a blunt derogatory slur. Um, would have made more sense, I feel. Uh, you know, that, I, the, like I said, there was one part of this film that I actually laughed, and that was the part, the very first time we see them see regular people, and it was when the, uh, like, the gangbangers come out by the car, yeah. and then they take off, and they take off like little rascals did in, like, you know, the old TV series, you know, running at high speed and squeaking away, and that actually elicited laughter, because it was the first time I had seen it, and I just thought it was funny because what I was expecting was for the gangbangers to, like, start shooting them or something. But they didn't go and there. Why didn't they ran away. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Again, I took, I took yeah. it for the humor that it was, and it made me laugh. And that is the only time throughout this entire film that I laughed. I didn't understand that scene because you have the, the Mexican gangbangers hanging out under the bridge. And the zombies show why up. Why they have to be Mexican, bro? I didn't see no because colors. <laughs> yeah, well, they could be Puerto Rican. Who knows? Borderlanking. Oh, seriously. The fact that the... Yeah, oh, what are you saying, man? Fucking deliver. bean eyes or something, man? Or they could have been no, Mexican. No, the fact is they didn't have any guns. They could have been like, Spanish. They could have been fucking Colombian. They could have been Italians. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's any number of things they could have been. It could have been anything, but they decided to go with the gangbangers in you know, East L.A. and they walk under the bridge and what gangbanger doesn't have Good a gun? The living like, come on. They, they run away. I'm like, I'm sorry, but come on. Like they're they not running away. The bridge. Did they see the red? Did they see the red hot chili peppers there? They did. They saw Anthony Peters. <laughs> he was singing about under the bridge. <laughs> but, that where he drew first blood. Yeah, the fact that, that they didn't he, shoot him kind of was stupid. Anthony Peters they would was running around with their shirt off the entire time. Yeah, twitching. <laughs> we at least get introduced to Brian Steele. The forty-six-year-old, uh, you know, army guy that's in this movie. I'm like, oh, come on, whose dad with walked on the set that day? They're like, with put a his brother Jack to Brian Steele. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just hard. The hero's the name. Of, yeah, it's a poor <laughs> name. You know, I mean, I will give him that. You know, it's a great poor name, but for the movie, you know, when you get introduced to him, he's got the, the motorcycle parts thing out of him. It just, it didn't. Make <laughs> yeah. But for the movie, it sucked. You know, he's like, oh, you know, I'm a part of a secret project. And 
I'm a part of the 28th. Oh, my dad's a part of the Army. He's like, yeah, you wouldn't have heard of me, girl. I'm like, all right, come on. You know, like somebody's father. Like, you know, it just doesn't work. Like, he's got the beer belly. You know, he's trying to wear this, you know, tank top. Like, I just, I don't know. I was like, we're supposed Wait, to be you're following saying you guys with beer bellies can't be in the Army? <laughs> Not this guy, who we find out is a 10-year veteran who's only a private, who's actually a janitor. <laughs> I didn't need to know that, but apparently they're throwing it out there that he's actually not a part of the secret ops organization. He's actually just a 10-year veteran of being a private. He's actually a janitor. You know what? Wow. You know, way to lay it on us. <laughs> it's a big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A janitor. <laughs> You know, he's leading these people away. Like The one thing that confused me, and I don't know if you got put any thought in this, and I hope he didn't, but it's that <laughs> when it's black and white and you see the gang as zombies and they're just staggering around and moaning and walking around, and that's how people see them, they're walking around as normal. I was like, you would think that would translate into what they actually are, but they never made a comment about it. Like, when they're walking around, they're like, why is everybody so afraid of us? But in real life, they're like, ugh, just reaching around. I'm like, there's no, like, you know, like, that's not how bodies work. Like, you would think that you'd be doing that in real life, too. Oh. Again, this is why I feel like if the movie showed it just from their perspective until the end, it would have made for uh, at least a little bit more sense. But yeah. sense wasn't what they were going for anyway. No. <laughs> no, it, it made no sense. And it's like when um, the gang goes to Tio Pepe's, the Mexican restaurant. They're in the back, uh-huh. and they kill the cooks that are in the back, and you see the colonel. Why has it got to be a Mexican restaurant? And the doctor. Well, because it is. It says Mexican restaurant right in the sign. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going uh, you know. It could have been Ecuadorian. It was Mexican. It said right in the restaurant sign. So I'm not <laughs> trying to play, you know, ethnicities. But, um... It was the fact that they had that really hey, I'm a Mexican. I'm not a Mexican. Who said you're a Mexican? I thought that's uh, what you just said. said. I'm not it. playing on your. I thought you said you, I'm not playing on your ethnicity. Who said that? The king. I think the king said that. Oof. I didn't say I'm playing on your ethnicity. I'm saying I'm not playing on these people's ethnicity. Of you know, I think you're backtracking. I'm trying to backtrack to this fucking restaurant sequence where they fucking make the bad joke about the Mexican brains tasting picante and spicy. That didn't work. I'm sorry. That was a really shitty joke, and I don't know anybody that would have laughed at that. I wonder if Mexican like brains taste spicy. <laughs> it didn't, I, I don't know why they had that joke in there, because I didn't laugh. I wasn't like, ha-ha, yeah, making an ethnic joke about Mexicans. No... It's stupid, and why are you putting it in a taco and eating it going, mmm, picante? It didn't work the first time. Stop going back to it. <laughs> that was my no. entire review of the movie. One joke, and you constantly have to keep going back to it. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't working. <laughs> it wasn't. And the fact that he's making uh, tacos out of their brains, I'm like, oh, God, that's fun. He's a zombie. My He's name is Hannibal Lopez, and I like tacos y burritos. <laughs> tacos, tacos. <laughs> but that's actually Mitch Connor from South Park. But um, it was it, uh, when uh, Brian Steele goes into the restaurant to kind of get intel 
on the colonel. And he's like, well, I'm going to disguise myself. So I'm going to put on a sombrero and this shirt. I'm going to act like a waiter. Well, he's a zombie, so you know what people are going to see because he's a zombie walking around. It took too fucking long for him to get to it. <laughs> this zombie walking around with a tray, like losing skin in the process. You know, in the guy's cup of soda that he had, you know, then walking over to the colonel. Like, it took way too long. And I kept wondering, why isn't this a 20 minutes short? Why is there still like an hour left? Like, you because, can't tell me mm-hmm. there's an hour left. Because this whole thing was full of filler, man. That's why this movie was so bad was, again, like the ghoul had said, was, you know, if they had written this smart, smartly and putting some real jokes in there and taking their time to write it, well, it's just, they just, that was the main problem about this movie was just, it just kept dragging and dragging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it seemed like scene after scene, I'm like, all right, we're going to extend it. And then all of a sudden, the, the Brian Steele decides, well, we need to find out what the fuck is going on. And they're like, well, uh, you know, Tim and Cindy want to go over to Cindy's parents' house to see how they're doing. And Vanessa has a job interview she needs to get to, so that's where she's going to go with Mike and Till because he doesn't trust anybody that fucking has a job interview at 9 o'clock. That actually yeah. was the only scene that made me laugh was the guy doing the interview for Vanessa. <laughs> Such a fucking pervert with the wine. And he's like, I don't normally do this after hours. You know how it is. But well, his innuendo was so ridiculous and it was exactly what Mike said it was going to be. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's where the humor came from because it was so, it was so over the top. <laughs> yep. It was, you know, uh, that's why I kind of like that. Well, I think he was just representing Harvey Weinstein, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and I mean, maybe he had so, but also. you have to remember this was, this was, this movie was over 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, see how, it was 2018, so it's over 10 years ago and that the Weinstein stuff was. wasn't, uh, that's a good point, Monkey. <laughs> maybe this do something that the rest of us didn't. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, um, I think this is them trying to subtly say it. You know what I mean? There's the genius in this this movie. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, they're they're talking yeah. about fairness in Hollywood. They knew things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they were. Yeah, and that's what I talked about with the ghoul last night. I'm like, hey, this movie was made in 2007. Didn't get released on DVD until 2010. I wonder why. I wonder why this wasn't immediately available on on DVD. Back when it was yeah, filmed and completed. Yeah, but just like the Mexican restaurant scene, it's like this whole scene of, you know, going up to the interview and stuff like, again, drag this fucking ass. It's like, you know, bitch, how fucking long are you going to take to get to the fucking dude so we know you're going to fucking bite his neck or some shit? It's just, again, drag for fucking ever. It's like, we don't... And it kept breaking up between this shot and stuff going on at the parents' house, and both of them were just dragging their asses. like, just, we know you're zombies. We know you move slow and shit like that. But co- come on, can you just hurry the fuck up and get to the scene? <laughs> well, that was they had to drag it because... out in order to make it reach the runtime necessary. <laughs> but, yeah. No. Yeah. No. There's a scene that comes up that I'm going to talk about that reaches the runtime. That was unnecessary as fuck. But with these two scenes going back and forth, you had the other joke of Tim and Cindy. Tim obviously wants to ask out Cindy, but he's kind of, you know, the good guy. I don't know. You know, I've had a crush on her for 10 years since we were kids. They go to Cindy's house, and Cindy's parents have a sign on their door saying, zombies keep out. And she goes, oh, 
That's probably for the neighbors. They're European. Who the fuck is laughing at this? Like, who, like, what, who is that for, this joke? Because I didn't understand at all, like, where this joke was, you know, with the, the writers. Like, oh, man, the people that are watching this movie are going to fucking lose their shit over this scene. We're going to call zombies European. No. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't feeling Maybe they were trying to say, like, okay, you know, now we're going to offend the white people, too, by trying to say something about Europeans. I don't know. No. It, 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 it didn't work. They should have, at the very least, came up with, like, a specific ethnicity mm-hmm. to yeah. make that joke, you know, something that either, like, you know, maybe if, instead of using the word zombie, if they could have come up with something that, I don't know, rhymes with, like, Polak or fucking, you know, Czechoslovakian, <laughs> yeah. just some random fucking thing, you know? Yeah, but no, they decided to go to the zombie route. Um, you know, and Tim goes inside. Or maybe and if they showed, like, maybe, here you go. You can make this joke work. You can make it work with it saying zombies. If as they pan past the neighbor's house, you find out that the last name of the fucking neighbors was zombie. You know, something <laughs> yeah. to that effect. As stupid as that is. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and that's asking a lot of this movie. To have a shot like that where the mailbox says zombies or something like that on there. Um, you know, and then when Tim goes into the house and he goes into the room where the parents are, and they're obviously knowing he's a zombie and they're shooting at him, and they throw the, the dynamite at him and he throws it back and he gets blown away. It's like, ah, why? Like, why, man? Like, you know, she's like, oh, you know, uh, Cindy, I've always wanted to ask you out. Now's my chance. And your father, before he died, he gave me that knowing look, like a smile, like, yeah, you should do it. Okay, like that's going to lead to a scene where his dick falls off because they're trying to fuck finally after 10 years. Nope. Did it fall off? Did it fall off because of the killer off. condom? Yeah, it wasn't a killer condom. It was his zombie dick that fell off. And then they had that running joke. Oh, we tried, but his dick fell off. Like, ah, oh, shut up. Like, why, why are we going back to this gag? It didn't work the first time. I understood it, but I just didn't laugh. Like, it just, it didn't land with me like i don't know like they just they tried so much to be funny and out there and i'm like no even the dick falling off i was like normally i probably would have laughed at that but not in this movie no it's just again it's like they kept trying to be like you know racy and raunchy you know kind of like an american pie movie and it just wasn't working man the jokes weren't landing they they were shitty jokes (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um but the one thing I want to ask, you know, the doc about is the one scene where Steel is captured and he's with the colonel and the doctor and they actually put the, uh, the electrodes on his brain and they uh, speed up his brain enough so he can understand what they're talking about. That was actually something I didn't mind. I was like, you know what, that's actually kind of cool. You know, in this fucking horrible movie, they're actually trying to explain the science behind zombies. And if we speed up his brain waves, he'll understand us better so he could actually talk to us. Doc? So go ahead, Doc. What do you think about that? I'm sorry. I just had a technical difficulty and missed the second part of your question. My shit totally went silent. Uh, I just heard oh, you boy. say, what do you think, Doc? What was the question? Oh, was it deadly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the, uh, the scene where Steel was captured um, by the colonel and by the doctor. And they speed up his brainwaves so they could understand him and he could understand them. That, I thought, was right. actually an interesting part of the movie. 
you know, it's showing the zombie brain process, you know, how they could talk to him. So I wanted to get your, your thoughts on that, because for me, that was kind of like one highlight. I mean, I don't know if I would call it a highlight. As I was watching this, I thought, oh, okay, here is the solution uh, where he's been privy now to how they have been able to alter the effects, and he now is somehow being that he was just a fucking private for his whole fucking life is going to have a chance to be the hero, and ultimately he's going to be able to restore the rest of the gang back to being humans, and then they're going to expose the military for their deeds. It's going to be a happy ending. So that's all I thought was going to happen from that scene. Uh, ultimately, obviously, that is not what happened. Um, but that's what I thought. That's where I thought that the that we were saying, okay, how is this movie going to end? I thought that was the introduction to what was going to be the conclusion. Uh, but I was wrong. So it was also the fact that they said that, like, because Steel was so hopped up on this idea that they're super soldiers. Like, that this serum, whatever it got infected by them, that made them super soldiers. And he's like, I'm a super soldier. And they're like, no, you're fucking not. And he's like, what? <laughs> to me, that kind of, it worked. It was like the one thing in this movie that worked. The fact that they're laughing at him, saying that, you're not a super soldier, you're a fucking zombie. Like, there's nothing super special about you. You're a fucking zombie. Like, to me, that was, like I said, the one thing that uh, the colonel said that actually made this movie kind of enjoyable in a little bit of way. That he yeah, thought it was like a huge thing to be a zombie. It's like, nah, not that great. Yeah, and the, the, the scene with, you know, the primitive, you know, 1970s looking, uh, you know, equipment of the head strap and stuff like that and the, you know, being chained to the bed and the military questioning, you know, struck me as a, a very Romero kind of moment of some of his later movies. Like the, well, this like movie borrowed off of that in a number of ways anyway. I oh, mean, yeah. obviously, the beginning was an homage to Return of the Living Dead. I felt oh, yeah. like this yep. was an homage to Day of the Dead. You know, I mean, the the colonel, the, uh, not the colonel, the, uh, you know, R- Russ McCloud or whatever the fuck his name was, you know, very much being Bub. Um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Steele, not Jonathan Steele, whatever his name was, fucking Lexington Steele. <laughs> yeah, Brian Steele. So, Brian Steele. Is it Steel, Lexington hey, Steele a portal this? <laughs> yes, he is. He's a black dude with a big black dick. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. There's a, there's a stereotype if I've ever heard one, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like the ghoul was saying, very much inspired. It was inspired, but it just didn't work. You know, it was very much inspired by the Turn of the Living Dead. Stupid. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, then the gang, you know, without Steel, goes back to the bowling alley. And Mr. Wicks, who's apparently drunk as fuck, and we find out that, again, if you're fucking wasted, you're not going to see if they're zombies. Like, your brain can't handle if they're zombies, so you'll see them as normal people. Which, again, I'll give it to this movie. I don't give a lot to this movie, but I did like the little hints that they were giving. If that you were completely fucked up, you're not going to see these people as zombies. You'll see them as normal people, because your brain's not functioning on a normal level. Like somebody that's sober. Uh. So... They had the one bowler that was sober, and he's like, I'm trying to get sober, I'm trying to be clean, guys, like, stop drinking. And he runs out because he sees the zombies, and they're like, I don't see anything wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong here. Right, but at the same time, it's just, again, trying to push it with, you know, all the drinking, trying to do the college humor shit, and, again, it just didn't work, man. Because <laughs> then we have to have a montage of everyone pouring drinks all the time. You know, if you're going to do that, montage. you know, go... 
you know, yeah. like, no, you know. Go, go into it and have everyone doing, you know, cake, you know, stand on your head doing shot, you know, <laughs> chugging beer, all that kind of stupid shit. No, nothing like that. Just no. lots of pouring. <laughs> I I'm really glad, Monkey, that you brought up fucking montages because I don't know how you guys felt, but god damn it, why do they have to have a bowling montage with ticket skinhead bowling? It's like, well, we have to bowl to fight for Cindy's hand. You know, it's me versus this guy. This is their version of them trying to get to that 90-minute mark. Like the ghoul had said earlier, they're trying to fill up the time. This is definitely a fucking, uh, we need to fill this time. We, don't, we need to reach the 90-minute mark, so let's have a bowling montage that makes no fucking sense in this movie. Oh, just, I'll be like, in the original, just like in the original uh, Dawn of the Dead when they stopped the fucking movie to have a whole fucking pie fight, right? Silly fucking bullshit in a zombie movie. I'm not going to argue that. I def- like I said, there's a lot of flaws with Dawn of the Dead from 1978. And I hated the pie fight because that was a callback to 1968 when they originally said that the zombies could be killed by pie. So I'm not going to argue that. I definitely didn't like that scene in Dawn of the Dead. So it's not going to be one of those things where I'm like, I can defend that. No, I can't. It was stupid. It was silly. didn't belong in that movie. But with this movie especially, having the bowling alley sequence, it took up five minutes worth of time. This should have been the climax of the movie. Um, yes. Because yep. honestly, I felt like when the whole bowling thing was done and then they went on to infect them, I was waiting for credits to roll. Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. expecting. That's what I thought. So the fact that when I hit pause, when the credits didn't roll and the film continued, and I saw there was still like a, another 20 or so minutes to go, yeah, I honestly felt like my heart sank and, and I was dying a little inside myself. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what um, I want to ask you guys about, because I talked about this last night with the monkey. Uh, the bowlers, once they see the gang as zombies, they, they freak out and they have the fight where the gang kills all the zombies, you know, kills all the bowlers, rather, in the, in the bowling alley. So they're dead. But yet, in the next sequence, they're alive again, eating the ice cream cones that's filled with the serum that turns them into zombies. So if they bit these bowlers, you would think they would come back as zombies. So why do you need to feed them ice cream? Like it Maybe they just like the ice cream. But why are they alive again? Like it just—it didn't make any sense. Like if they got bit and they turned into zombies, why are they eating ice cream? Because they don't need the ice cream. They're already zombies. Like they do not need to eat the serum because they're already the living dead. But they had that scene where they're trying to get the army together of the boas and like eat this ice cream. Yeah, it'll it'll turn you into zombies. Why? They should already be zombies. You bit them, but it, right. it was just no laughing. But again, you and I talked about this, and it was where they again they screwed up with the plot because there was nothing to sit there and say. And this is what I told you: is nothing said because you get in this in this universe that if you get bit by a zombie, you come back as a zombie because they kill lots of people and they all stay dead. They could be back for all we know. They just never showed them again. That was the problem. They never showed those people that they killed ever again in the movie. They could be zombies for all we know. But yeah, but that, that, like they, the, they, they could said, be heroes. Story running away. <laughs> they, they just they didn't happen. So I don't know what you guys thought about just that. Just for one I mean, day. I know the monkey <laughs> thoughts, but like Ghoul, 
like, did you, like, question that? Like, how they could be killed and all of a sudden they're eating ice cream? Like, it's, they should be zombies. They shouldn't have to eat the Dude. <laughs> Listen, man, that would imply that I actually gave a fuck about what I was watching. I mean, if you didn't hear me earlier, you know, like I said, I decided to start masturbating in the middle of this fucking movie. You know, like I said, when I expected the film to be at its climax, it's because that was probably just around the time that I did. Uh, no, it didn't, didn't upset me. I didn't question it. I didn't give enough of a shit to be, be anything hurt other than the fact that this movie was way too fucking long and just needed to I end, know. and I, I couldn't wait for it to end. Fucking over. I just yeah. watched okay. it over. And, and please Monkey. bear in mind, Fright fans, as you're watching this movie, if you ever watch this movie, just because the ghoul whipped it out and masturbated in the middle of the movie, there was nothing to actually masturbate to in this movie. Nope. No. Oh, no. no, like I said, man, I was straight up with the free porn. You know, I hit up like XNXX.com or whatever it is. You know, I finally stopped paying for porn, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to just fucking use I'm the free shit. All the way. It's, yeah. not, uh, it's not, not, not as much fun, I don't think. I don't like looking at clips because, you know, I don't know. Uh, the, the, me and the doctor had this discussion not too long ago, and he's like, oh, well, you know, what the hell? I just see the clips. How long does it take? And it's like, I don't know. Like, I can sit there and go for a good hour for a fucking masturbation session. You know what I mean? I'm not like oh, a fucking chump chump. Nope, I, I can't. Like, you know, though, like I said, I watch X videos, but I've also seen XNXX, the one that you're talking about. I can't stand when the video is 34 minutes long. Like, oh, come on. Like, I don't need a fucking story. And a fucking arc. I don't need to know what the fucking. No, but that's that's what the fucking oh, forward good. thing is for, dude. You just scrub okay, it, yeah. you know what I mean? But and I always do that too. I'm like, get to the fucking money, man. Like, just get to the fucking the meat of this thing so I could finish up. I don't need to know the fucking I'm, background and these fucking characters. I'm like an so, ADD so, masturbator. I'll start like whacking off to one scene and then like in the middle of it, I'll be like, Oh, you know what I really want to see right now? And then totally go through the entire search engine to the point that I might go flaccid again, only to have to start story. all over again <laughs> yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And then like, you know, I'll get to another point where I'll be like, Oh no, you know what? Instead I want to watch, you know, three dudes bang a chick and one of them banging her from behind while she's got jizz dripping from her chin. And then I'm like, Oh, you know what? No, I'm not in the mood for that. Maybe I want to watch like a scene where an ant's jerk off her nephew or something fucking dirty and perverted. Yeah. And like, all of these different things go, like, flying through my head as I'm in the middle of it. So, like I said, there's times where I've gone, like, an hour, two hours, and it's like, you know, ultimate release. It's like tantric shit by the time I'm done, but, uh, but that's the problem with the I've clips, been that man. way, too. I can't lie. I've been that way, too. I'll be watching a scene, and I'll be like, you know what? I really need to see Katie Morgan right now. Now I'm going to go over to Katie Morgan. Now maybe I'm in a Mary Carey mood right now. I don't know. <laughs> it's 20 minutes of me deciding what I want to get off to. And I'm like, no, oh, it's, it's been a half hour already. Like, I need to go. I need to get to bed. Like, you know, it's been up to late watching these scenes. But um, so we've now, Mon- so Monkey, we've now do, do you have this problem when you masturbate, Monkey? No, I'm just, I'm just glad that we have now established on the show that the king doesn't measure and the ghoul doesn't time himself. <laughs> and you shouldn't time yourself. You should just have fun. If you just go for it, just have fun. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, you know, going into the, the finale of this movie, and it couldn't end fast enough. I think that's what we've all been getting to. The fact that Mike loses his body during the fight in the bowling alley sequence, so now he's only a head that gets carried around in the bowling bag with the eyes cut out. That perfectly yeah. match up. <laughs> that somehow 
She perfectly managed the matchup so he can be in his bowling bag. He decides to sacrifice himself uh, with a grenade in his mouth. But we've already established that his hand got cut off earlier in the movie, so why can't the hand carry that grenade? Like, that's what fucking annoyed me. I'm like, you're sacrificing yourself, but you have a hand that can carry that grenade. Like, there's no reason for this bullshit right now of sacrificing yourself for the greater good of the group. Like, no. Like, stupid, you know, just kind of decision on the, on the part of that character. It's a hero's end. Yep. It's the character redeeming himself. But he had a hand that could just do it. Like, I, I, that's why I said I was so mad. I'm like, you know, have your hand carry the grenade and blow off. Like, at least your head will still be alive. He's just a head. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. If I was you know, to come back as a fucking zombie and then somebody beheaded me, I wouldn't want to just be a disembodied head, man. I think, you know, you have a nice little carrying case. You can go to the zombie town that they establish at the end of the movie. Yeah, it'll be all right. You're just being a head. Hey, listen, you know, at least I'm still alive. At least I can carry on. But he decides to make that sacrifice for the group so he can distract the army. But then Brian Steele is like, I got to make the ultimate sacrifice and I have to have amazing grace play in the background because I'm making the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. The joke isn't landing that you don't really want to do it. <laughs> it they, they had that joke of him really not wanting to fucking sacrifice himself. I'm like, all right, get on with it. Kill yourself, please. Just end no. fucking torture movie. No, we got to have five minutes of him stretching beforehand. Oh, you know, and even when he tries to sacrifice himself, they shoot him, and they're like, oh, no, we got to keep this one. You know, we're going to keep this one. We're not going to kill him. We've got more research to do. So let the other ones escape so they can fucking found zombie town. Oh, my fucking God. When they fucking set that scene up of them hanging out in zombie town, I was fucking pissed. I was like, all right. This movie's over now, right? Take like, me it's too. over. Zombie town. Zombie town. Please. Zombie town. You know, and the, the sign saying, you know, this is dedicated to Mike and Brian. Signs like, everywhere, signs. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I was like, I was so mad that they showed the zombie town that Mike wanted, where they could just live their lives as zombies and not have to worry about working anymore, not have to worry about anything. Let's just fucking live in zombie town, guys. Like, this is what we're working towards. It's like, all right, fine. Like, you know, it, it, it's all right. But it was stupid in its execution. And I'm like, all right, end it. It's fine. It's done. They're all living in zombie no. town. No. You have to have the fucking finish. extra scene. Like the, like the goal. <laughs> there, well. Yeah. You have Listen, to have man. the extra scene. The, the, of, look, of you know what? You, you laugh, but there's been times where, you know what? It is frustrating. It is frustrating to have such a fucking, you know... Sometimes when you're taking that long just to fucking pop a nut, it can get tedious. I've yelled at my dick before. <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten into an argument with my dick. I'm like, we have an understanding. Listen, man, we're gonna find something. It's gonna be good. It's something you've never watched before. It's gonna be great. Let's swap. Just you know, fucking come, teachers. you asshole. <laughs> yeah, never had that problem. Like, yeah, listen, man. You're going to watch this video with Ava Devine, and you're going to be great. And I'm like, you're going to do it, yeah. man. We're going to do it for the team. Uh, a- Ava Adams. Man. Ava Adams. That, that is a, a hot little dirty piece. See, I like Brandy Love. That's my go-to. Hey, man, if I'm in the middle of the night and I need to go to bed, Brandy Love. That's where I go to. Got some good ones. 
Is is that for when you lower course all over everything? <laughs> yeah, that's that's in the middle of the night when I want to get to bed. I'm like, Brandy Love, take me home. Because <laughs> you know? she's got so many good videos. And I'm like, fuck, I watched that one already. Got to go to the other one. Was <laughs> she retired? Why isn't there any new ones? <laughs> it's like, damn it, Jody West. How many times are you going to get stuck in the fucking sink? Oh, man. And stuck in a window? Like, come on. Like, there can't be that many windows you can get stuck in. Come on. Your stepsons can't be that fucking hard up to have sex with you, Jody West. And I mean, how many stepsons does she have? Because I've seen so many different kids. And all of a sudden, one of them is black. And she's like, oh, hey, what's up, Jamal? And I'm like, come on. Jody West, what are you doing? But, but um, the, yeah, the, the, the film, the fact that ended on Brian Steele with him be, and this is what I talked about with the monkey last night. It was the one line in the movie I actually liked, you know, where they tie Brian Steele down onto that chair. The end. And he's going to be experimented on. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, you don't know the pain you're going to be involved with right now. And he's like, I'm not a soldier. I'm a zombie. I'm like, all right. I liked it. Not going to lie. Kind of like that line. Really? Of laughing as the that's the kid. fucking line that you liked. Jesus. Yeah, I actually liked it. I'm like, you know what? It's fine. Like, I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. It was fun. You know, it was a good way to end the movie because I was so glad it was fucking over. I was like, finally, credits. This movie's done. Like, I don't have to watch it ever again. Like, you know, it's it's over. It was just, it was, yeah, painful. Um, and I, you know, and I'm. You know, the doctor should not have to apologize for this movie at all. Like, you shouldn't have to apologize. Fucking you shit. You didn't know what you were getting into. <laughs> rather watch it Killer Condom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather get it back that way. Killer Condom, please. But it was what it was. But like I said, you should never apologize for a pick. And I wouldn't go this there. This one's no exception. <laughs> yeah, I agree with I, you. No. Uh, so what's next? What's <laughs> <that? laughs> all right, so we're almost at the five-minute mark. All right, so that was uh, Ah Zombies. Ah Zombies. We, we survived it, boys. Um, so as we close out and we say our goodbyes, and we hope you enjoyed this episode as, as much as we did. You know, a lot of laughs. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next week, it goes back to me for a pick. Um, I wanted to do a little bit of a palate cleanser, but I still wanted to have fun. Uh, just not with, like, the jokes. I didn't want to have a, a comedy horror film, but I wanted to have fun. So I want to go back to 1984, the year I was born, ladies and gentlemen, for a film called The Initiation, directed by Larry Stewart. It is a college-bound film about a slasher that is killing off members of a sorority house. But it features Kool Gulliger from Return of the Living Dead, Vera Miles from Psycho, and Daphne Zuniga who you guys might remember as Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. Of course. So I she's, wanted a, to go. she's a face. <laughs> yeah. So she's I wanted to go in that thing. direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, the sure thing is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get that in there because I like Daphne Zuniga, especially back in the 80s when she was doing those movies. Like, I thought she was gorgeous, so... I have a link for you guys. I'm going to post it later on on the group chat for the initiation. It's available for free on YouTube. So that way you don't have to spend any money or look for it anywhere else. It's free on YouTube. It's a bunch of 45-year-olds playing college students, which I fucking love. Like, <laughs> the 80s in a nutshell. 
when they always had people in their 40s playing college students. Um, I think it'll be a nice palate cleanser for, ne- for next week, with my pick. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, very, so, very neat, man. Monkey, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to next week talking about the initiation and all the fun we could have. Yep, and I'm the monkey, and I'm anxious to get the fuck out of here. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Doc, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you had to apologize for the pick, but at the same time, never apologize. Just fucking do Uh, it. It's bad. It's bad. God, I didn't want to watch this fucking movie 12 minutes in. I was like, what the fuck did I do? Um... But anyway, uh, that's the way it goes, and uh, good evening. Well, I'm hoping next week will be a nice palate cleanser. You know, it's it's not a movie that I'm going to say is the greatest. I do like it, but I'm not going to say it's going to change your minds about the slasher movie genre. It's just, you know, a nice little palate cleanser, just to get away from fucking what we watched tonight for the show. So, looking forward to hearing your thoughts next week, Doc. Good evening, everyone. Enjoy. All right, Gloom. It's just you and I, so I want to hit us with a plug and, and a good night. Oh, well, again, as always, man, Talking Terror is brought to you by Bonfire Bee Designs. The, uh, the ghoul girl has been working hard on all kinds of jewelry and fancy silky or. <laughs> she's always working hard on my member. But why don't you become yeah, a member the robot. of her store and buy some shit? Because everybody in your life needs some kind of jewelry. Halloween is around the corner. We've got rings. We've got things. We've got necklaces. You know, if you want, as we spoke about masturbation tonight, if you'd like a sample of the ghoul's DNA, just send a message, and you know what? We can get it over to you. <laughs> so just send a stamp in a self-addressed envelope. Send your checks or money orders in a self-addressed envelope, and I will get that DNA over to you. Do you you want to make a fucking a ghoul clone? I can send you the product, man. And it doesn't glow. It'll it'll only take an hour. Don't worry. Eventually, I'm gonna find something that'll make me pop. We're checking out on it. One word, Bonfire Beat Designs. Stay scared, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, my God. How do I follow that up? Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the ongoing Jennifer Rubin campaign is still going. The GoFundMe for her sister Annie for multiple sclerosis is still effective and still ongoing. So if you have any money to donate, please do. It's a great cause. Uh, the podcast I was going to be a part of has been canceled uh, in part to a lot of technical, dis- uh, technical difficulties, I should say. Uh, so that's not going to happen, but the campaign is still ongoing. So Jennifer, a friend of the show, uh, a friend of mine, so whatever you could donate would be great, even a little bit, you know, dollar, $2, $2. We know what, what I can donate. donate. <laughs> oh, I know, because we've already talked about it. <laughs> you could donate to the cause. But we don't need ghoul babies. We need money. So that's what we need for this uh, GoFundMe. Uh, so until next week, right. next week. Everybody we'll needs ghoul babies, okay? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind that. You know, babies. have a little necklace. <laughs> you know, this is my little necklace of ghoul baby. You know, just a. Oh, I thought you said my little. Fun. I thought you said my little necklace. I was like, come on, man. I'm no. Only a <laughs> nope. Would never say that. <laughs> you know, because I am savvy to the hood. So would never <laughs> say that. 
But uh, until next week, next week is the initiation directed by Larry Stewart in 1984. Hopefully you guys enjoy it a lot better than we enjoyed Ah Zombies. So until next week, meet, like the ghoul said, stay scared, keep America strong, watch horror movies. Good night, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you next time.